Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good morning. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to our little show. It's the Donna and Steve experience. On yeah. my talk, 1071, where talk is fun. Got a great movie list, I will tell you this, for you weather freaks out there. My mom just sent me a link to fish rain Hmm. that is happening in Texas, apparently. It could be a recurring weather phenomenon where fish, frogs, other water-bound animals get Mm. swept up in a water spout. I see. And then they later come down when it rains. I mean, I like you. I mean, I like you either, Donna. Yeah, this is like the iguanas in in Florida that are just falling out of trees because it was cold. Yeah. And they freeze. And then they come back. So don't touch them. Do you remember? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 when the birds were just falling in mass about 10 years ago? Nope. Just big groups of birds falling dead. Can you imagine that? Nope. Apocalypse, huh? Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. I came across a BuzzFeed list of 21, the 21 mind-blowing films that literally changed people's lives. There was a Reddit user who said, what movie legitimately blew your mind? And here were some that came up, and we'll, depending on how old the movie is, we will or will not spoil it. If it's a newish movie, we're not going to spoil it. Don't you worry. If it's a classic, come on. For instance, top of the list, Donna, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I haven't seen that since I was young. I have not ever seen that movie. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. So this was a spoiler for me. Why Planet of the Apes, the original, was mind-blowing? For its end reveal that they are, in fact, on Earth. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Planet of the Apes, that planet is Earth. That's right, because there's a, the very last scene. Yes, Mm, you could see the Statue of Liberty yes. coming up from the bottom. Washed ashore. Mm. Something, Get huh? your paws off me, you filthy ape. Thank you. Is that your Heston? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're going to have to do an impression from every movie. No, yes. I don't want that kind of pressure. Too bad. Life is pressure. Pressure is how we get diamonds, Donna. Shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Jurassic Park. Of course. This is one of the most memorable movie uh, movies of my life. The first time I saw Jurassic Park, I couldn't believe it. I felt that it was real footage of dinosaurs. (laughs) Did you think it was real footage? I just thought this is this looks Donna. It was just unbelievably (laughs) real. Not that I thought it was a documentary. It was just like this is this is exactly what dinosaurs look like. This has to be. They say it's mind-blowing for its story and its special effects. Because uh-huh. in 1993, if you watch it, if you watch it now... Did you ever watch? You know what I hate? Okay. still holds up. Okay. Sorry, guys. And uh, Occasionally, we have involuntary Andy Rooney moments. 
slash Jiminy Glick moments. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue. Here's another one. Uh, the Truman Show. Come on. I don't recall liking that movie. I feel I like I was like... high or something. What you year doing, was it? Uh, it was probably like 95 or 6 when it came out. Yeah, that could be. I'm yeah. kidding. I wasn't. That entire two decade span of your life. No. When you were not high, but just with the honky tonk hee-haws and happy hours and all this just broke you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't get married at 18. <laughs> Some things that are arranged are beautiful. Okay. It is not an arranged marriage that I'm in, everybody. The Sixth Sense came up on this list. Did you hate that movie, too? No, that was great. Do you remember the reveal of that? Yes. I mean, that that at the end. I'm going to leave that out there in case you haven't seen The Sixth Sense. Really, really unbelievable twist. It comes at the end, and then you review the whole movie in reverse, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's really good. I'd like to see that movie for the first time again. Mm. Have you seen Memento? Yeah, I, I didn't finish it. I was like, this is way too messed up. Yeah, now I saw Ray Chill nodding her head over there because it's like kind of indie vibe and throw out normal plots. The man doesn't tell us how to write a story. This is from back to front, right, Ray Chill? Yeah, because the the premise of the movie is that he has short term memory loss, so he has to he every day he wakes up and he has to like read sticky notes from like that are like moments in his life that he needs to remember, and he's the entire movie is trying to figure out how his wife died. Oh, that's sad. and so you're kind of like learning with him, like you have no like um, you don't have the context. answers. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Mm. Thank mm. you. The Prestige. Have you seen the Prestige? Uh, is that the, is that the, the magic one? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. There's yeah. a nice twist there that we'll leave out. Fight Club is in Buzzfeed's list of mind blowing movies. I didn't get it at the time when I saw it, when it just came out. I didn't get it. Okay. Sue me. I'm not going to sue you. You think I got that kind of money for attorney fees? How about seven? The movie Seven. What's in the box? In the box. Oh gosh, that was terrible. Oh, that oh, was my horrifying. Word. Terrible. Don't ever go back and watch that. Oh, how about Usual Suspects? That was good. Huh? That was a good movie. Knock knock. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to because I know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. Just answer the door. Who's there? I already said oh, Ka. Kahu. Kaiser. So say. So say. So Oh, Chad Paul Terry was in that movie. He, of course, one of my. I, yeah, he and your I co starred. Oh, no, it, we yeah. co starred in the movie Diabolique. Don't believe me. Go and rent it. Uh, Sharon was, excuse me, Sharon Stone was in it. Chaz Palminteri was in it. And J.J. Um, uh, Abrams, a young J.J. Abrams was in that movie. As well, and I was one of the Catholic schoolboys. Follow-up questions, I have time. Nope, we're good. Okay, <laughs> though, uh, let's see, About Time 
is another one of those mind-blowing... This is good. If you like a good plot twist in a movie, this is a good list for that. Um, let's see here. We got a couple other Schindler's lists for other reasons made the list. There's, of course, a mind-blowing movie. Inception, the movie that I really go back and forth on wanting Donna to watch, but then being afraid that it'll break her. And then as she stares out a window for the rest of her life, not really uttering much. I'll think, I did this. Drooling. I did this to her, and I shouldn't have done this to her. Split your mind in two, man. Oh, man. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Oh, my gosh. I tell you what. It brought together 21 movies in a movie, Donna. 21 lead-up Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I think it is one of the greatest cinematic feats of all time that that movie paid off and had the right callbacks at the right time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Excuse me, Mickey. Mickey Mouse. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) are you sensing that it was time to take a break a few minutes back? You're right. Hey, I want to pitch a Netflix show for all of us to watch together that comes out in February, February 11th. Happy February today, by the way. Oh, yeah. Is it our anniversary? That was on January 8th, and we talked about that on air about two weeks ago that we missed it a week before that. (laughs) You're scaring me. You know why? Because I started here in February. And so I always think that this show started in February. I forgot that you were an add-on. You were like an extension. (laughs) They picked me up like season three. Totally. And everybody still wants the old Aunt Viv back. (laughs) All right, when we come back, I'm going to tell you what Netflix show is about to come out that I think we should all watch together as a show. I don't know. Come on. I'll tell you about it when we come back on Donna and Steve. Yeah, you say you'll work out in the morning. Then I'll get to it this afternoon. Definitely after dinner. And it never happens. I know. It's hard to stay motivated. And that's why I tell people, join the Y. They've got group exercise classes that give you fun, fitness, and accountability peer pressure i love it yeah you get cardio strength classes yoga and a bunch more get five dollar enrollment if you join the y by february 10th and 25 percent off dues through april sign up at ymcanorth.org all right we're back donna and steve on my talk 1071 everything entertainment donna valentine and steve patterson along with dj rock lobster (laughs) he's still there huh yeah, yeah Rocco, why don't you I'm, get I'm, on our stream so we could see you? Yeah, we want to see right up your nose. Um, I, I feel like we usually have sort of like an upshot of his face, which I like. Yeah, me too. Like he's That's completely unaware. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you FaceTime one of your parents. It's just, it's just really, it's, he makes him a man of the people, guys. I'm not going to apologize for that. Oh, I love it. Um, DJ Rock Lobster is uh, broadcasting... From home, Don broadcasts with us during hour one. I wonder if I could get all four of us to watch something together. I might be biting off more than I can chew here, but ever since I saw a teaser for this Shonda Rhimes show a couple months ago, I thought this seems interesting. It's called Inventing Anna. Have you heard about this? No. About a German heiress. Oh, I know. She's a socialite. Yeah, she's a, uh, her name is Anna Delvey, or Delvey, socialite entrepreneur, ridiculously loaded high flyer who flaunted her wealth and lifestyle on Instagram, and she was the talk of young Manhattans, uh, Manhattanites. She was just living this high life that was all apparently 
not real. We like this. We like scammy scheme okay, things, right? Okay, wait, right? wait, 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 wait. Now you have to tell, is this a scripted show? This, I do not, but it is a scripted show, but it's based on a real person. I know who this woman is. Okay. Yes, I, I am in. Okay, this I, is I great. I know exactly who this is. Here's yep. the backstory. In the mid-2010s, for anybody else who might be interested in Shonda Rhimes' latest on Netflix, this, this comes out February 11th. February. February. The 20-something Delvey uh, became ubiquitous in Manhattan's high society. So she had this effortlessly, this from timeout.com, an effortlessly chic figure swanning into fashion shows, hobnobbing with hedge fund types, tech bros, and just had this flawless radar for where to be seen and where not to be seen. She spoke with a geographically non-specific European accent (laughs) that Uh people assumed was passed down from her dad, a mega-wealthy German tycoon. She was a sound of music Freulin with Wolf of Wall Street taste is how they described her. Except she wasn't any of those things. Yep. Her name wasn't even Delvey or Delvey. It was Sorokin. And she was Russian, not German. In 2017, a grand jury indicted her on charges of grand larceny and theft of services totaling $275,000. This because she started the Anna Delvey Foundation, or mm-hmm. ADF, and people queued up to give her money and they were just like yeah she's so winsome and she's got self-confidence she can pull this off they weren't looking at her linkedin they were just saying all right i'll put my money behind this woman and then she it's i think the story is the slow unraveling of her getting exposed yeah i think there was a lot of um 48 hours or 2020s that was all about her and i was so intrigued yes steve i'm in This is great. They say that the story will uh, unfold over 10 episodes, which dart back and forth in time to show her rise to prominence and her fall from grace. So it's a semi-fictionalized account. As the opening credits do make clear, they say this whole story is completely true, except for all the parts that are totally made up. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. All right, we got Donna in. Let's check in with DJ Rock Dumpster. Uh, Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Are we, uh, are we not going to watch the Pam and Tommy thing? I was just typing Pam and Tommy to see no. when it comes out. Is it tonight? <laughs> I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. <laughs> it's this so week. Right. Why don't you two dirtbags watch no, that? No, you're going to watch it too. No, I don't want to watch anything you're with Pam and it. Tommy. It, it, just for the performances alone. I think we should. No, Tommy's Why, wiener it has a voice. No, they're not going to... It, it comes out tomorrow, okay? It does. That What I just said is true. Yeah. Do you know that they cast a voice actor for his wiener? They did not. Donna, yes, they did. You Google it right now. So what is it, like a puppet to him? Like, hey, Mr. Peabody, Let me see what's here. going on today? Hang on. Oh, gosh. i got to be real careful about how I search this. Tommy, please. Wiener gets... You know how everyone has a name for it, yeah. you know? Peabody is pretty good. It's Mr. Peabody, Rocco. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, Sebastian Stan will play 
I'm going to use an anatomical word here, Tommy's penis. And I don't think that that's my bag right now, guys. You know what I mean? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It sounds, by the way, right up both of your alleys. Rude! I'm just saying! I was I liked hair metal in the mid to late eighties. I was I was in on Motley Crue. So oh my god, I, I love Tommy Lee. I was he is that's a nice looking guy. Thanks, Tommy Lee. Yeah, I'll show you. Check uh, Google I mean, Sebastian Stan. This I is know he looks exactly like him. No, he doesn't. Well, he does in the movie. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. You're you're correct. I misread this headline. Look up the guy who's playing his, the voice of his member. No, I don't want to. You're just looking up the guy. I'm not not the not Tommy Lee's member. The guy who's going to play him. Who is the voice of Tommy Lee's little Tommy? That might work. Jason Mantzoukas. Yes, that's who is going to be, and oh, he is funny. so funny in the Good Place. Yes. Oh my gosh, he's so okay, funny. Okay, that's funny. That's funny. They're putting funny to this. That's great. <laughs> so you guys will watch that then tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'll watch that. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll definitely watch. I'll put it on the list right now. Thanks, you Steve. Squeeze it in because I'm not going to be watching anything because the Olympics start tomorrow and I have already committed. I'm going all in on the Olympics. Okay. Enjoy. What's your problem? Donna. Enjoy that opening ceremony with that stupid song. (laughs) Donna's referencing a song that they put out earlier called, like, Winter is Magic, or Winter Fun Time, something like that. And it's not a great song. It's rather cringy, as the children say. I don't think the children say that. The kids, the teens, the tweets, Donna. Opening ceremonies are tomorrow night. Great. That's awesome. uh, In fact, I'll tell you after the break about this huge Beijing bubble okay. that they've created. Tell you a little bit about that. And then uh, we have a question that we would like you, the listener, to answer. Do you know your partner's cell phone password? Hmm. And, and should you? And what other things does your partner not know about your stuff? Huh? <laughs> huh? I don't know. If- Huh? If you like it, huh? <laughs> you want to give us a call, huh? 651-641-1071. It's the number to call. Uh, we'll hear from you when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk. All right, we're back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk, 1071, Everything Entertainment. All right. We have a hard-hitting topic to get to. Has to do with relationships. Oh, we're going there. And how much you share. So, Steve. What? Does Lou know the password to your phone? Of course. Oh, really? So do all of my children. Oh, really? Yeah, it doubles as a remote sometimes. There are times that it uh, doubles as a uh, an entertainment device for children. I see. Yes, they they know both of our codes. Okay. I feel okay. totally totally good with that too. Okay. I know Lou's code. I don't go snooping around. In her phone, you know. Right, right. I'm not okay. like checking text messages and emails and things like that. You're just like not keeping it from her. Like, I think there are some people who may not know their partner's code, but I don't think it's like a deliberate attempt to keep the information away. Yeah. You right? Know, I think you're right. Yeah. Does she know like passwords to your, I don't know, to get online? You know, she needs to know more of those passwords. 
Yeah, you might want to get on that. Like, um, if I die, there's going to be a little bit of just logistical administrative headaches that are, she's going to have to go through. We need to have a we need to have like a one sheet of here's all of the codes and all of the the things. But yeah, I'm a uh, if I would find it weird if I was in a relationship and I said to someone with their phone in my hand, "Hey, what's your code?" Just trying to get in quick. And then if they said, well, "Wait a minute. I don't want to tell you." That would strike me as a red flag. What say you on a day Allentine Bay? Is that her real name? We'll never know. We do have a caller on the line. Oh, and well, I and I'm with you. Like I, I've said to a friend, like they're like, "Hey, look at this picture," and then I'm like, "Oh, your phone's locked," and they'll just go one, two, three, four, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Uh, who do we have on the line? This is uh, is this Bernice? Roxanne. It's hey. Roxanne. <laughs> Hi, Roxanne. Yes, never never heard that one before. I bet. <laughs> nope. Okay, so you are calling because we're discussing uh, passwords and things like that with your partner. Right. What would you like to share? Um, I know everything about his. He knows nothing about mine. What's up with that power play, Roxanne? Well, I have two cell phones. I have a Minnesota phone and a Wisconsin phone. Sounds like she's got a burner. Border wars. (laughs) He chooses not to have any information on my phone because he doesn't care. And the stuff as far as you just said about your partner knowing about, you know, where your stuff is, your personal stuff in case death and everything. He knows nothing about any he wouldn't know what happened if i passed away about the house about money coming in the bank account numbers nothing okay that's not good how do you yeah how do you how do you feel about that setup what are you and i going to do to get on the same page with our significant others roxanne because it's high time that we do it i have two places i have a book of all my words all my passwords all my banking account everything and my only child daughter has that i have another one at home that's got everything in it and he just Grabs that, and all the information is in it. You're a saint. That's, a, that's a lot. Calculated out who to call, passwords, how to do it. You know the thing about passwords is, you know what I hate? Um, <laughs> passwords, they make you change them so often. So you're going to have to constantly be updating depending on, you know, what it is. Well, right. we just did a mortgage on the house, and I had to do that dot signing, whatever. Yes. And I'm 67 years old. This is not geared, geared up for elderly people to do this. I had to sign 63 pages on a cell phone. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. I have no idea what I even signed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know How are you going to read it? I know, Roxanne. It, it's, it's ridiculous for elderly people because the older you get, the less you remember even where you put the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You know? I hear you. We hear you. And I have a file. In case of a fire, this is the file that you grab. It's got oh, yeah. copies of everything. Just grab that and the kids and get out. Roxanne, listen, you've thought of it all, all right? And we don't like the system either. And if it makes you feel any better, none of us know what we've signed. <laughs> so we just true. are like whatever i just want to download this app sure yes, you can spy on my family <laughs> yes. you're written into the will whatever i just need to download this app that's so true thank you for the call well, roxanne you bet thank you we appreciate it uh she's got her stuff together man yeah roxanne sounds like she'd 
she'd beat you up in a fight in an alley if she'd smack you. He's one like, time. ain't nobody got time for this. Sounds like it'd be Boom. one hard smack, open mitt smack across your face. Totally, that would leave you stung. We should ask her if she's been in a bar fight. Call her back, Rachel, and see if she's been in a bar fight. She sounds like she could handle her own. Uh, well, that's good that you are, you know, keep everything open. What about DJ Rock Dumpster? Um, he has probably some indie hippie rules to his relationship. And so what do you and the missus do in terms of passwords? And we'll start there. Passwords on your phone. No, you know, my I think my story is similar to you, Steve, because you're right. The kid needs it for entertainment, for playing music in the car, for watching YouTube, for looking at things. So we, you know, we're kind of an open book, but similar to what you said, it's not like I go through her text messages and be like, huh, is that a work guy you're chatting with or something mm-hmm. like that? I, you know, I just, we have trust and yeah. Okay. Thanks. I now. really want to take... Okay. Lean uh, forward to the mic. The no, do what hey, you were doing, Rocco. Because day one, day one, I sp- sat back from the mic, and you guys are like, "Hey, you sound like you're a million miles away." So every time I talk to the mic, I lean forward, very close to the mic, almost kissing it. Have you considered adjusting the camera? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it's Rocco. All we see is like his chin <laughs> and something that says Danza on his sweatshirt. Yes. It's, um, is that a Tony Danza shirt? shirt? Well, yeah. See, there's a there's a punk band. Uh, you know, have you heard of Glenn Danzig? Yeah. He did that. He did that song. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Ooh. He was also lead singer of the Misfits. I'm sure Rachel knows what I'm talking about. Anyways, this shirt is uh, sort of a parody of a Danzig shirt, but it has Tony Danza on it, and it says Danza. Does he have horns? Yeah. Because it's like parody of Danzig. Okay. Bye. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Back me up, Rachel. Come on, Rachel listens to the Misfits. Oh, I'm not a huge punk person, but I, I worked at a record store for a while. Of course you did. <laughs> My coworker was a big um, punk fan. And I also am, I befriended a musician who fronted for the Misfits during a tour in the early 2000s. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Rachel. Hmm? Tell us about another phase that you went through before. Like, I went through a really intense hip-hop phase in high school. I remember vividly my junior year of high school. Imagine this, Donna. Stevie Boy uh, goes to school. I have bleach hair. I have a crisp, plain white T-shirt. I have a big, fake silver chain with a, like, diamond cross on it. And then I have dark blue denim that is shiny. There was a sheen on them, and I thought it looked really cool, almost like something out of the Mo Money Mo Problems video with P. Diddy and Mace. And then I had white Saucony shoes on, or Saucony shoes, however you want to pronounce them. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting phase in my in my life. Rachel, did you go through a like an anti hipster phase at any point? I can't say I did. Although I know I don't know if you guys have heard of the term um chuggy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, of we've we've heard it. We've been <laughs> called it. Well now now I'm like I'm starting to think that I'm like out of touch with what's like trendy because like when whenever I see TikToks or videos of examples of chuggy, I'm like, okay, so that was an exact outfit I wore in high school. So I think you were chuggy in high school. Yeah. 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 So chuggy like, if you do it now. Then. Yeah. yeah. It's chuggy now. Yeah. But yeah, the, like the chevron 
pattern. Oh, yeah. Like, the big bulky necklaces. Yeah. That was a phase I went through, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's shoegy. Lots of layering. Lots of sweaters with, like, collars. Like, Peter Pan collars. Yes. Uh, Peter Pan. So I, like I guess it. that could be my version of your hip-hop phase. Okay. Oh, Steve looked uh, ridiculous. Do you have bleach tips? Oh, it was I so ha- embarrassing. I had fully bleached hair. Jenko jeans. I, I also had bleached tips. I used to go and get my hair highlighted at Bo Rick's salon. Did you have to wear the cap? For the... Have to. Got to. <laughs> I loved wearing that cap. They treated me like a king. Yes, king. Talking to the ladies up oh there. I loved, I loved the chitter-chatter of Bo Rick's salon in Natrona Heights. It was just all females there. And, you know, largely just like middle-aged, just like, you know, moms. It wasn't like Dina, the hot lady who used to do my hair when I was 12 at Talk of the Town. Wow, that was a lot. But this was just approachable, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. And you know what, Donna? At a good salon or a good barber shop, you can talk about anything. You can okay. talk about anything. Great. Glad you had that experience. Have you ever had a positive salon experience? I mean, not by the looks of it, but in terms of just like the... Oh, every ex- every <laughs> time I go to the salon, it's... Ex- oh, you're funny. Um, I Yeah. I love my girl. She knows my stuff. I know her stuff. I know what's going on. I like I like a barbershop atmosphere. I like a salon atmosphere. I like the the na- I like that there's always people coming and going. I'd be deeply stressed out if I had to work there. I would be so paralyzed in fear of ruining someone's hair. Oh, for sure. Ay, Chihuahua. Um, the uh, not an Olympic sport haircutting could be someday. Tomorrow, opening ceremonies for the Beijing Olympics, which it sounds like Donna's kind of boycotting. I don't know why. I'm pumped. I'm deciding. I'm getting into it. I want to follow it every day. What are some of the sports? What are some of the... Uh, okay, figure skating. Okay, I'm down L- with that. Luge. I'm not down with that. Sa- slalom skiing. Nah, I could do without that. Bobsled. No, thanks. Jamaican bobsled. I know, that might be the, I'll watch the highlights. Uh, snowboarding? And I might dabble. The, uh, the cross-country thing where you shoot the gun? Nah, nah. Uh, speed skating? Apollo nah. Anton Ono, anybody? I'll catch the highlights. I'm going to get all into it. I'm going to get into the figure in. skating. That's the only thing that I would watch. I feel like I'm forgetting a big sport or two in there. Hockey? It's going to be fun. They've created a massive bubble in Beijing, though. It is where, and, and some of these events are 100 miles away from the other events. Oh, wow. And so it's a big stretch of land where they're going to be having the Olympics. But they've got these like interconnected bubbles. So it's like three big bubbles that the NBA did a big bubble in Orlando right after the pandemic started in the summer of 2020. And it's sort of like that on steroids. And then they can get on high speed trains that only take you directly only those who have been in the bubble get to get on it and go up to their event that is you know wherever it is how many miles away and i guess i'm reading too that um they are not china's not feeling great about anyone offering you know real dissent or lack of enthusiasm for the winter olympics being held in beijing so they're Maybe controlling the narrative a mm, little bit. Mm-hmm. But I remember this. The Beijing opening ceremonies at the Summer Games in 2008 were the greatest I had ever seen. And so I'm expecting a really wonderful oh yeah, precision meets artwork sort of opening ceremony sure. tomorrow. You're probably right. I'll tape it. Okay, thanks for sharing that vulnerable information. Hey, you know, Ted Lasso, we all watched quite a bit of that. And everybody liked Roy Kent, the straight-faced curmudgeon-y guy that you kind of started rooting for as time went on. 
Well, the guy who plays Roy Kent just landed a massive deal. We'll tell you who he inked it with when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk. Final stretch of the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson along with DJ Rock Lobster. Clomp, clomp, clomp. And Ray Chill helping us out on the board today. I like that. Ray Chill. Yeah, it causes you to slow down a little bit. Yeah, man. You know, and enjoy the name. Say it slow. It's Ray you know Chill. What I mean? it's everybody's chill right now, bruh. <laughs> okay, bruh. You know, the guy who plays Roy Kent. Everybody watched Ted Lasso here around the the horn. I feel like we all did. Yes. Yeah, I get, I didn't yeah. watch the last season. I was, Same. you know, I got the bit. I, that's all I needed. It was cute. I like him. He I don't seems... know why it annoys me when you quit on things, but it does. Me? And that's probably a me problem. You're a bigger quitter than I. I that may be true, but we both quit on things. I got the gist of it. The story, <laughs> the story is still going. I know, but it's it, closure. It, it, I don't think the story is interesting enough. I think the lightheartedness is was very much needed and appreciated. But I mean, it's heavier in season three. Oh really? Yeah. They deal a little more head head on with mental health. Oh. Well, they were already dealing with that a bit, weren't they? A little bit. Okay. Yep, they dabbled there before, but now it's big. Anyway, the guy who plays, um, oh gosh, Roy Kent, the curmudgeon just steely, always just grumbly guy, Brett Goldstein, apparently... That's his name? Yes. Huh. And apparently... He just inked a big overall deal with Warner Brothers TV, allowing him to now develop, create, and produce new television content, which is quite something. He said this in a statement about it. Much like the character Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard, I've always dreamed of having my own parking space at Warner's, and it's extraordinary to see that dream come true. He adds... I do, however, hope the comparison ends there and I don't wind up dead in a pool having been shot by an insane older movie star. (laughs) As long as that doesn't happen, I'm very excited and extremely honored to be embarking on a new and exciting adventure with the excellent brothers at Warner's. That's great. Oh, that's sweet. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Good for him, too. Um, I guess he has worked on some other things. He co-created AMC's sci-fi anthology Soulmates. Which premiered in uh, the year 2020. Okay. He's also the co-writer and the co-executive producer of Apple TV's upcoming series, Shrinking. Oh, I've seen stuff for that. Starring Jason Segel uh, that follows a grieving therapist who starts to break the rules and tell his clients exactly what he thinks. I guess he's a talented writer. Evidently, Donna. Yeah. Boy, it'd be fun to have a parking spot on a back lot. Oh, yeah. He writes for Ted Lasso. Okay, so... Yeah, and totally he's, sees that, too. They have him as listed as a comedian as well. Huh. That's great. That's great. More of him. You know, I sometimes you just have, need that one that one job to catapult your career. Right. You know, that stepping stone. Yep. Suddenly people take notice. They call you back. They start calling you. It's an exciting thing. Um, have, you been, have you done a backlot tour? Universal or Warner Brothers? I've never been to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Ever. It is those backlot tours. I did, I think I did Warner Brothers and Universal. At any rate, so exciting. I remember when I was a, um, when I was a background actor on an episode of CSI. Okay. 
And were you the dead guy Donna. in the closed coffin? <laughs> <laughs> and when I was walking to and from set, as you do when you are a paid professional Hollywood actor on a, an Emmy award-winning show, I just remember when I would like walk into the soundstage, and if you, there were times when you would take a break, you could take five, and then you peek outside, and you see the hubbub, all the hullabaloo of coat racks coming by with wardrobe and people coming and going and producers stepping out. And you know in one soundstage, there's a super popular TV show that's being shot. And in soundstage number four, right across the way, Ellen is shooting her show. And then two studios down, there's another major thing. And all of these things are right there and going into the TV and out throughout the country. There's something so magical about that. And you probably spot people going by in a golf cart, right, to their set. Yes. I remember, even when I worked in New Mexico, but it was in a studio, ABQ Studios, which is where Netflix now has their headquarters. And we were there, and just when you think you're the only people on the planet who are making television in New Mexico, and ours was a fake L.A. backdrop, so it looked like L.A., but it was for sure a daily show about Hollywood from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the Avengers was shooting there as well. And so, to your point exactly, I remember one day walking to the cafeteria and then on a golf cart comes Samuel L. Jackson dressed as Nick Fury. Wow. And you just see him like in the full garb. And it's like, wait a minute, that's Nick Fury. And then another day seeing Chris Hemsworth, Thor, out of costume, just burning some time playing with a remote controlled car. And you're walking past them, you know, not making conversation with them, but you're just all nudging each other like, where are we? Is this the moon? That sounds exciting. It Especially was exciting. for like a young person like yourself. Yeah, I was in my, their way yeah, my late in 20s when I was there. Yeah, 27, 28, 29. It was mm. very exciting. And that's also the studio where Christian Bale had his, oh, his infamous breakdown? blow up with the lighting guy. Or, oh, good who, for you. Yes, yes. He had that right across the street, right across the, the driveway from where we shot our show. And then I've told this story a gazillion times, but since we're knee-deep in the Albuquerque stories, I would walk past this RV all the time and thought, who's bringing an RV to work? Why is this here? It was the RV from Breaking Bad because they were shooting it right next door to us. And it was oh, like, gotcha. oh. And there was a day, name drop, that Brian Cranston agreed to come over. And he sat down and must have done 30 minutes with us and could not, sorry, I didn't mean to drop that, could not have been more warm and lovely and professional and treated you like you were a bigger deal than you actually were. A real gentleman. Hmm. It's good to know. We just got an email that came in while you were talking. <laughs> From our buddy Dell, who we haven't heard from in a long time. Oh, what to do, baby boo? The subject, Steve's been on TV. <laughs> Message. I would like to see that. <laughs> oh, our listeners are hilarious. They're funny they're people. Great. I used to be on TV. Yes. You gave it up to be uh, scum like us. And occasionally when I spend time pondering that, a shiver actually runs over my body. Like, what have I done? <laughs> Can I undo it? I don't think they've declared a new host yet on Twin Cities Live. Yeah, Maybe I can get happen? back in. I don't know. Don't ask me. Maybe I'll leave radio. Would you? No. Damn. Uh, good one, Steve. Have a good day now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.